Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. I'm excited to be back and covering the Elite East Round 3 tournament that, that took place uh, the weekend of June 9th, and here to help me do so, returning is Frankie, Amanda, and Andrew Zappala. Guys, thank you so much for coming back. Um, let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's just go ahead and get into the uh, introductions. Frankie, begin with yourself, uh, your name and team that you played for for this round. Sure. My name is Frankie Gianetto. I play for Team Awesome in Open and Night Shift in Co-Ed. Awesome. Um, I'm Amanda Natalie. I typically just run the women's tournament, um, but this um, week, that weekend, I actually got the chance to step in and play with KO, and then ended up playing a little bit with Dynamite in um, co-ed. Awesome. And new to the panel is Andrew. Yeah, um, Andrew Zappala. I play for Anarchy for Open and Co-ed. Nice. And um, it, it's Zappala. We were kind of talking about that earlier, uh, but you go by Zaps? Yeah. Awesome. Don't know if I'll ever call you by your last name, but good to know now uh, moving forward. Uh, I was going to say Zappala, but, you know, it's just me being being weird. But, um, yeah, and also, Andrew, thanks for hopping on uh, last minute. I know we, you guys came up a lot in the, in the previous recaps, so it would be cool to kind of get your perspective on, on what went down. But... Um, Kind of just want to get started with like the general question, um, and we can start with you, Frankie. And that is, um, you know, what what was the biggest difference uh, going into round three from round two, if there is one? Okay, um, so going through round robin, it was a lot of the same. The top three, four teams that were at the top, awesome Anarchy and Brick Squad, showed up. Seeds one through three again, and then uh, the playoffs happened, and just like round two. Not gonna say like hell broke loose, but it got a little crazy. And I know we'll go over the bracket specifically later. But um, going into round three, Brick Squad kind of had the rings on lockdown as long as they didn't royally mess up, and they did that. So round three got really interesting, and uh, by the end of the day, Anarchy was really dominant and won it. Gotcha. And so I guess kind of going back to before all hell broke loose, did it did it feel like the regular rounds or because I, I remember and I'm trying to piece this together from, from round one it was like it was a free-for-all it was anybody's game it was kind of uh, like a like new territory then round two kind of tightened up a bit uh, would you say that was kind of the same for round three so I would say some of the teams you expected to do well did so instead of messing up like round two um, awesome and anarchy being two of the main ones there there was a team that kind of crept through and finally burst top fourth aftershock, and then go who wound up winning the series just stayed as consistent as always. Gotcha. And then Amanda, how about you? What was um, what was one of the bigger differences that you noticed just overall? Um, I think there was a lot more pressure on teams in round three to perform because there was so, the point standing was so close that any of the mm. top you know, three or four teams could have taken it. So there was a lot more pressure to perform and do well. Um, and the che- the teams all look different too. Anarchy was missing some of their key players. KO didn't have Meg Fricker. Um, Precision didn't have Danielle Zielinski. So the teams look different. So we didn't really know what to expect going into the weekend. Gotcha. And then you also mentioned you got to play for this round, right? Yeah. Um, KO has been bitten by the injury bug. Um, we lost Meg at round one to her knee injury, and then uh, Jenny Hodge broke her ankle really early in round robin. Um, 
and I haven't had my knee brace with me, so I took a little risk and strapped it on and played pretty conservatively, but played with KO for um, the rest of women, the women's division. Gotcha. So obviously you didn't really get to play full strength, but you're able to kind of contribute to the team versus not having anybody at all, I'm guessing. Yeah, I added a little bit of value, I think. Gotcha. We can definitely get into that later, too. Um, got some more questions popping up. But you weren't originally slated to return to the game till like, after Nationals, right? Like, it was... Yeah. It was a torn ACL, was that what it was? Yep. Yep. Slowly coming back. Um, <laughs> Slowly but surely. Yep. And uh, how about you, Andrew? Um, what was, I guess... Because you weren't here for the first couple of, of recaps, but what was the main difference uh, for, you, for you guys, for your team, going into round three from round two? Yeah, I mean, there there was a few. I, I definitely can speak to us and probably awesome in the fact that both of us knew that we really needed to perform better. Uh, and round two is not an indication of how good both those teams are, as well as, you know, a couple other teams. But, you know, just coming into it, we had a different mindset. And leading up to it, you know, we were practicing a lot more and making sure we were taking into consideration how we were playing and actually thinking about what we were doing to just trying to go out there and win on talent alone so kind of our approach just coming into it was a lot different uh you know the loss at round two uh, definitely you know helped to kind of re regroup a little bit gotcha it sounds like that's pretty much what you guys did you um i'm gonna pull up the old bracket here real quick uh that loss was against goat i'm assuming was it goat for for last for round two no, we we lost to Tigers, and then Awesome knocked us out of the loser's bracket at round two. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But, yeah, I, I think overall everyone knew kind of what was at stake in round three, and, you know, there was there's even times where, you know, everyone was talking about what needed to happen for Brick Squad to get knocked out early enough for, you know, other teams to have a chance to win it. And then that actually happened and came to fruition. And then, you know, we were talking about what, what needed to happen for, you know, other teams out chance besides GOAT. Uh, and, you know, credit to, to GOAT, they, they played well and made it all the way to the, the finals. Um, you know, so they, they locked down the, the title for this year for the East. By, by a point, too. Like, it was, it was real slim, wasn't it? Yeah. Looking at the article. And you're, you're right, and I, um, that's my bad for, for forgetting or, or not remembering, but because I, I remember making the comment of um, when I was talking to Justin during the round two recap that you know when you're when you're playing and you see a, a big team like Anarchy walking off because they're eliminated early in the game, um, I wonder what kind of psychological effect that has on you. So yeah, that's my fault. I remember now um, as I'm looking at the older bracket. Um, what did you guys do exactly? Did you guys have like a like a post tournament meeting or did you guys just know you're gonna have to work harder for this coming round? Like how'd you guys pull out of that? Yeah, I mean, round two, to be honest, during round robin, we pretty much just relied on our talent to win all our matches, and we only played GOAT out of, like, the top four or five teams from the East during that round robin and got away again just playing based on that, and uh, it's really just not enough. So, you know, going into elimination at round two, we just weren't ready to play, you know, the, the style of dodgeball that we knew we were capable of, so we kind of regrouped. We talked about what we needed to do. And, you know, at times when we did play well, what we were doing and, you know, the only games that we felt like we really played together as a team more was against team awesome in round two. But 
Uh, they, they just were too good in that, that match. And Zelensky made some crazy catches in round two. So, you know, we did regroup and practiced a lot uh, in between and, you know, just tried to, to figure out what was going to help us to kind of groove better and, and make sure that we were playing together as a team instead of just, you know, six individuals out on the court. Yeah, and that's six individuals on a court versus a team. Like, that that seems to be a recurring issue with a lot of teams that you look at in, in any region. They're like, wow, how is this team struggling to, to not be – the dominant force in that region like there's six really solid players but they're not functioning um did you guys like in addition to practices to try to get to that team mentality what, what did you guys do exactly was yeah it was just a lot or? of like smaller scenarios uh i mean we we have a few you know pretty standout players on the team but we did all you know just a lot of three v twos and two v twos things like that billy's obviously not out here to practice with so that that you know, makes it a little more difficult, but when, for whatever reason, when he gets out there with us, he, he does groove in pretty quickly, but it, it was just us trying to, to do like a lot of walkthroughs, like making sure we were taking certain scenarios slower in our practices instead of just rushing through things. Gotcha. Well, I, and, um, I was going to say whatever you guys did, but it sounds like you guys did a lot of little smaller, fine, fine tweaks, um, and tuning up to get to where you are now. I don't, I don't see like, um, a single loss in the bracket is that correct looks like they're all 2-0 when you guys found yeah two. elimination we were playing pretty well so uh, we didn't wind up dropping any any actual games goat almost had us in the earlier series in the winner's bracket um that so that was a pretty close match but we wound up pulling it out nice cool we could probably dig into that a little bit more but um let's go ahead and one of the questions i wanted to ask and we'll start with frankie is um what what teams really showed up? I, I was reading Tyler's article, and I think even you know, Andrew might have mentioned aftershock was was a factor that kind of came out of nowhere. Or would that be fair to say? I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere. I would say they're kind of the last bubble team that never broke top four. So throughout this season, there's been a lot of teams that kind of always come in that like fifth to eighth range, like you know the clutch modes and goat, who's now I'd say officially out of the bubble range. Um, that, you know, have, have crept up. They've cracked top four, and Aftershock finally got higher than fifth. They might have gotten fifth four out of the last five rounds, like going back even into last year. So I know they were really happy to crack top four. Um, Goat played consistent enough to get the rings and show they were the best or most consistent team in the East. I think Anarchy smacked the heck out of everyone, especially Mikey. And then uh, Awesome kind of limped into the top four. I don't know if there are really any like other teams to highlight. I think it was a disappointing round for a lot of the other teams. I guess Arkham played pretty well. I don't know if you have any other zaps. Yeah, no, I think those were probably the only two. Aftershock and Arkham uh, both played pretty well. Night Shift played really well during round oh, yeah. robin, uh, but just had a, a tough uh, draw, I think, in the, the bracket. Gotcha. Um... How about you, Amanda? Were you able to watch uh, some of the Open uh, games, or did you play? Um, was women's going on during Open, or how did that work out? Yeah, women's happened during Open, but it ended early enough that I got to see the last couple um, games. Um, yeah, Aftershock was playing really well. Um, I think they they gave Go a run for their money. Um, I, going into it, I wasn't really sure who was going to come out on top. Um, but... Yeah, um, 
I was surprised to see Night Shift got a four seed. So while I didn't see it, they definitely must have had a good round robin um, to be able to pull that off. Gotcha. Um, I did want to ask about, so I think they finished fifth, uh, Clutch Mode. And I think, um, was that, Clutch Mode, was that the team where that guy had that double catch? Was that Chris De Jesus? Yeah. So that was uh, in open? Yeah, that was in, I think it was in round robin in open or early in the playoffs. They went out pretty early this round because they had, I want to say 14 points going into this week, that weekend, and they only finished with 16. So they must have went out 9th through 12th. Gotcha. And do you guys remember like that, that double catch or like at the. Oh, yeah. I think that was in bracket. Wasn't that when they knocked Brick Squad down or something? No. Yeah, sorry. They played Brick Squad in the loser's bracket. So. Oh, okay. It must have been that game. Must have been either that game or round robin. I can't remember. Yeah. Gotcha. I, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was a typical double catch. Everyone sees it and screams, and uh, yeah, it was it was cool. He did his thing where he like falls on the ground and does it. It was definitely a. I know Elite posted the video. It's a pretty fun one to go watch. Yeah, I, I caught that a few times. I didn't even see a double catch at first. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought because um, it was it was just like randomly showing up on my feed, and I thought it was David Tate's for some reason at first. I was like, oh, this is part of East. I'm gonna see what happens here. And I see uh, Chris just rock back and catch balls. Like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. And then I read doubles. Like, wait, I didn't even see a second ball. So it's um, it, it was just it looked cool. First of all, secondly, it was a it's a double catch. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, who was that against? Do you guys remember by chance? Did I cover that already? Brick Squad. Brick Squad. That's right. Um, trying to see if um, if I can remember any other like plays that came through my feed, but um. Going with Frankie, did you did anything else happen that was just like truly remarkable or um So I would say Mikey was playing at another level that whole day. Um I mean this is a round robin play, not elimination, but we played Anarchy in Round Robin and he had a game where he had four hits and three throws, like just gun down a corner, throw through their block, hit the next guy that takes over corner through his block. And I feel like he was doing that all day in open and co ed. Um, I can't really think of any other like specific crazy plays. I know uh, crazy in a bad way. Brick Squad got eliminated by their last two players stepping out of bounds. So oh, I'm sure they weren't very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, that's you don't want to get out like that. That that really sucks. Um, I'm looking at so reading uh, Tyler's article, like Mike McGee was was uh, mentioned quite a few times and. Uh, maybe you can comment on this, Andrew. Um, but there is, he, so it says, um, scored hits on five of the six players in game one um, and three more in game two. Was he just like, just on fire all day or is that just normal Mike McGee stuff or can you kind of comment on that a little bit if you can recall yeah, that match? I mean, he um, he actually started really slow during round robin and we, we like, we're really trying to get him going. And he finally picked it up right before bracket play. And then all through bracket, he was just on fire. And I don't know, he has like this, this another level that he goes to sometimes. And you'll see it even in practice every once in a while. But he just gets this look and, and he hits someone. And he like, you can just tell like you need to get another ball in his hand right away. But he'll just, like Frankie said, he just started gunning people out. Um, definitely during that finals game, he 
took out a, a ton of people and it, you know it's just helped us out a lot uh throughout the the bracket um but he's he's also just he was really hard to hit all day too which you know made it really difficult on teams so they were just burning balls trying to hit him yeah so he's drawing fire not getting hit and just uh keep kept on giving you guys the majority of, of balls um I, I hate when that happens like because and, and i'll use uh catch him as an example anytime and it could be like wreck or or competitive but anytime my team's playing against andrew it's like we forget there's five other people on the court and you make that fatal mistake of trying to hit this one guy and even if you do get him out you lose majority of the balls and you end up paying the price afterwards um it's it's different if you actually get him out but it looks like in mikey's case he was just uh on a whole nother level um has he always been like that or is this just something recent um with him no, I think he's always been like that. I mean, he's always had that that yeah. extra level. I don't know if it's been fully taken advantage of before, but when he's on, and we do it with, I mean, any of our players, if anyone gets a hot hand and they're, you know, getting outs and hitting people, then we want to feed them. So, you know, it's it, it was just something that, you know, we all recognized and we're not going to let him stop until he cools down at that point. Right. When he's on, he's on. Just keep feeding him balls. Um, yeah. I'm going to read this real quick um, from the article, and that's, could Migi have done it all himself? Maybe. But he didn't need to, thanks to strong corner play from Andrew Zappala, or Zappala, I'm just going to say Andrew Zapps, and middle play from Mike Caterino stood out to help <laughs> Anarchy secure the victory. Do you remember that play at all, or what he's mentioning? Um, uh, yeah, vaguely. I mean, um, I, I had a few counters throughout bracket play, and Caterino definitely starting to feel better from his knee injury and he's getting a lot more power behind his throws but it was just definitely more of an all-around team effort and team play than round two so everyone kind of kicking in you know brandon of course always has catches that are clutch armando made a couple good plays billy's always you know gunning people out and making catches um but yeah definitely just played better as a team this time did uh did Caterino get some catches this round? I was giving him crap for not washing his hands when he went to the bathroom. And then the next game I watched, he had like three catches in one game, which is probably the most he had all year. So he he did have some catches. I mean, he got he got snubbed. They they originally said in the the player rankings that he he had some good hands, and uh, then they took it out. So he was looking to to write that. Yeah, I think his hands are back. Four catches in a tournament for Caterino is like MVP level. <laughs> nice. Um, just kind of going through the rest of this article. Again, the only highlights I really saw was, uh, and this is like no offense to anybody that, that did well, but uh, just from the Tribune, uh, Chris De Jesus with his awesome catch. Um, TJ Jefferson from Z Warriors. Any of you guys happen to notice uh, what he might have done um, that might have stood out or you just have a, a pretty good day? He's just a good catcher. He always makes, you know, some big plays out there with his hands, especially. He plays their corner too. He's just a he's a pretty well rounded player. He's solid. Best player on that team. Gotcha. And how about uh TJ Manning? Uh TJ was kicking butt all day. When we played them in round robin, they beat us as well, which is the theme for us in this season. Um he had a play where, like, he got the typical counter from the corner and then catch the counter on you. And then in co-ed, he's a monster with the with the no-sting balls. Gotcha. And then uh, one name I, I 
remember I keep seeing is Alfred Kwan from Arkham. Um, they're just saying that he has a pretty stellar, stellar arm. Um, can you guys comment on that by chance or? All, all I have to say on that one is thank God for him because he's the only person that speeds up the play for that team. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's a good point, Zaps. <laughs> they yeah. uh, they he average. Play, he did play well, but. <laughs> so is he more like an aggressive player, like um, likes to play fast and, and not so much on the conservative side? I don't know if I would even say that. He just actually, I mean, he doesn't take as much time as they do. I mean, he's a really smart player, but and he, he played pretty well. It was good to see him back out there. Um, I think he had missed round one or something, and I don't, I don't know if I saw much of him at round two, but um, yeah, he's good to see him back out there and definitely helped speed up their play a little bit. Nice. Very cool. Well, before we move on to um, Nosting, Amanda, was there anything that you might have noticed that we didn't potentially cover or just from your perspective? Did you want Not to really. On? I think these guys covered it pretty well. Gotcha. Actually, uh, before we go into uh, to nosting, I did want to make a. I did have a question about like the points. Um, earlier, I made the comment that Anarchy just um, just missed the first place ranking by one. Um, Frankie, can you kind of talk about like what happened and, and how it got so close? Um, I mean, it's not even just a point between Goat and Anarchy. It's the same thing with Brick Squad and uh, Team Awesome. So, can you kind of comment on that? Yeah, just to kind of summarize how it was going into the round, Brick Squad had, I want to say, 17 points. So they had at least a three-point lead on any other team. So they were kind of the mindset of, you know, if we get, like, third, fourth place, we can almost shut the door on this series. Meanwhile, Anarchy, Go, Awesome, Clutch Mode, Raw. And if they can just, like, go out at fifth or seventh place, we'll have a shot at this. And um, they fell to Goat in the winner's division and then awesome in the losers, which opened the door for if Anarchy won the tournament and Goat came in at least third, Anarchy could win it. If Goat came in at least second, they would win it. If Awesome won the whole thing, they would win it. It was uh it was actually a pretty exciting finish and really kind of capped off the season with all the back and forth of the points. It's just a, a little unfortunate for Anarchy. They won two rounds and then the misfire in round two really took the rings from them. I'd probably say they looked like the best team this year, but Goat was just so consistent and never had that bound round that everyone else had. So they got to second place that day and just finish it off and congrats to them and their rings they're about to get. Yeah, definitely rewards them for their consistency and, and just being able to, like you said, avoid that round two slump, I guess, if that, that's how you wanted to classify it. Uh, do you have any comments on that, Andrew? Yeah, um, definitely kind of like everyone was tracking where Brick Squad was at. They dropped down to the loser's bracket, and, uh, you know, it happened to work out that they came in the exact place we needed them to. Um, but to be honest, I mean, we weren't really thinking about that the entire day. We just wanted to win round three, and that was the mindset we came in with since we had such a long shot to do it anyways. Um so, and, and who knows if Goat, you know, went a little bit once they got to the finals because they knew they won the rings at that point. I, you know, it's, I can't really say on that. But, um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of focus on round three at that point. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I can kind of – I don't want to speak just for the West, but, like, you know, we're already looking at Doom and, and potentially – well, actually, I take that back because Titan took second, so they might have changed the – 
the scene a little bit, but normally, you know, it's, it's Doom and Rise are going to secure the first and second place. So you want to have a strong round, but you know, it doesn't really matter in terms of rings because they're already kind of like predetermined. So it's, it's kind of cool knowing that uh, during round three for you guys, it was, it was still anyone's game and, and there was still that like, that fierce competition to try to take the, the final um, or take it all, so to speak. Um, but let's go ahead and get into to no sting uh, for real this time. And um, let me just go ahead and start with uh, with Amanda. Did you you played no sting? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, that was not the plan. We had six for the day, but um, as I said earlier, Jenny Hodge had a really just unfortunate and like bad misstep that resulted in her breaking her ankle. Um, and she was pretty certain pretty quickly that she was, you know, that she had broken something. So, um, we carted her off to the hospital. Um, and I made the decision. My team was super supportive. You know, they, they just want to see me healthy. They're like, we can play with five. It's fine. Um, but I was like, no, I'll strap on my knee brace and step in and just kind of take a back seat. Um, which, you know, just have another body on the court. Um, so got to play for most of she hurt herself pretty early in round robin so got to play for most of the division gotcha and were you uh were you worried about re-injuring yourself at all or were you just kind of playing at a, at a decent like um i was worried in between games but once the game started i got into the game and typically forgot about it um so i realized so early on i got kind of overzealous i think i was excited to be back on the court it was my first time back on in over seven months um and so i was you know taking taking throws and whatnot and then i realized that that was really silly so i handed off every ball i had from then on um unless everybody else had a ball in their hand as well gotcha yeah i can um i can kind of relate because seven months is a long time to be out of dodgeball especially when you know, elites going on and when you're playing, you can kind of forget, I don't want to say where you are, but you can kind of forget like, oh yeah, my finger's broken. I probably shouldn't be doing this or, you know, it's like act first and then think later. But thankfully you didn't like re-injure yourself and, and make anything worse. Are you, um, do you think you're going to be able to play during nationals or are you going to still kind of take it easy? Um, we'll see. I was dead set against it because my PT has been pretty adamant as well as my orthopedic surgeon about waiting the full year just to give myself the best chance of not re-tearing it. Um, but I have, I'm getting, I've just recently got fitted for like a sports brace and it's like the best around. So I think with a few more months of PT under my belt and like an, an actual legit brace um, that's fitted to my knee, there's more potential to possibly play at, at nationals if needed. I think it'll probably be another like if I'm needed scenario um, I'm not going to go in search of a women's team. Um, but if, you know, at game time, someone needs a sub for um, women's, I'd probably step in. You can be there. Um, did you did you let your personal trainer know that, or physical therapist know that you played? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to find you on Facebook um, watching you play. I'm like, hey, what the hell are you doing? You can't be doing um, I'm only friends with one of my PTs, so hopefully not. <laughs> gotcha um well aside from the fact that you actually got to play um what any other big differences um from this division that that you might have noticed between this and round two 
Um, like I said, basically the biggest difference is just the teams. I don't think a single team had the same team throughout the entire um, series. I think every team changed from round to round, which um, definitely made things interesting because you didn't really know what to expect. We never fully knew what team to expect, um, which kind of changes the way you're going to attack attack the game. Um, so definitely the con- constant roster change um, was probably the biggest difference. Gotcha. And uh, how about you, Frankie? What... Um was there any major difference uh, aside from what Amanda said that you noticed uh, with the no sting division? Yeah, I think she's referring to the women's no sting division just for a little clarity. Um, I know the roster shakeups in women's were a lot. I think the Ashley was kind of the MVP round one, didn't go to round two and then came back for round three and really helped anarchy out. Uh, The injury to Jenny really hurt KO, especially with Meg already not being there. Not really sure with Precision. I know Danielle wasn't there, but um, I think they expected to still compete. I think Amber on Anarchy, or on, sorry, on Precision got hurt as well. So I think, yeah, (laughs) kind of Anarchy is to lose at that point with two injuries or no no shows on each team at the top with them. Gotcha. And that's my mistake. So were you referring to uh, to women's nosting, Amanda? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, we can stay on that, on that, um, that division then. Because I did want to ask one change that I think I noticed, um, and maybe you can kind of comment on this one, Andrew, was um, Ashley Cook was playing. Yeah, yeah, she was uh, She was just out for round two. I think she was at the Canadian National Tournament or something, but uh, showed up this round and played great again, so definitely uh, helped them out. But uh, the, the girls overall, I mean, Sammy and Mackenzie have been out there with us every week practicing and getting a lot better, um, so definitely can can speak to the hard work that they put into to improve this year gotcha and so was, was Ashley always part of the north or is she because I, I remember her being on the east but that's that could just be me not remembering correctly uh, I think she's always been in the north I might be wrong on that but um, I think this is the first year she's officially played in the east gotcha yeah, they don't have women, so she comes to the East for the women's division or co-ed. The North is just open and pinch. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I forget how spoiled we are in the West where we have like every division, every ball possible. There's no uh, no shortage of, of that. Um, so did you get to see um, much of the women's division there, Frankie, that, that you can kind of comment on in terms of like other teams that, that stood out or, or plays? I didn't really see much. Um, we were playing at the same time. They did end pretty early, but we didn't really have a chance to get over there too often. I think Amanda's probably our best bet here to discuss specifics for women's. Gotcha. And with that, let's just go right into that, Amanda. Um, so what, what else did you notice, um, I guess, player-wise or, or play-wise? Um, I think um, Anarchy came out of round robin in the top seed which um again not surprising ashley cook was back they had a majority of their team they were missing lauren and um i think you say her name Aaliyah. um but they picked up holly again who's always a great pickup um so to see them come out in the top spot wasn't surprising um like i said precision 
didn't have Danielle. And as Frankie said, um, Amber fell and hurt her shoulder. So she sat out for most of the tournament. I think she ended up jumping back in for the later rounds of the of the bracket just to give her, her team a sixth body on the court. Um, but it's, it felt similar to the other rounds in that, um, you know, Anarchy, KO, Precision, and Venom were all in the top four. Um, I think um, for for KO, it was just like we couldn't figure our our stuff out. We had hoped that round three would be where it would all click together, but um, we didn't have Meg Fricker, as Frankie said. She's off at basic training, and then to lose um, Jenny and have you know someone who hasn't played in seven months step in and kind of change the dynamic that we had going at least for the beginning of the um, bracket play. It just we couldn't figure it out in time, unfortunately. Um, I think Anarchy was super dominant. I don't think Precision took a game off of them um, in in the final matchup. So Anarchy just came through and and you know held it down. Just dominated. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned points and, and then the final outcome. Um, like you guys tied with with uh, Precision. Does that is there like a tiebreaker for this kind of scenario or did you guys just tie for second overall or, or how does that work? I would assume because they have a championship at round two that they would take the second spot over us. Gotcha. So placement kind of factors into the the overall outcome. Mm-hmm. I see. So let's go ahead and, and talk about um, any specific plays that you might remember, Amanda. Um, I'm looking at in the article, the all-tournament team, and it just says MVP Tasha Mabin from Precision. Can you kind of comment on that a little bit? Yeah, um, Tasha had a great day. I remember when I started playing, I told the team when we were playing against them, you know, usually we're our first two, um, our focus is on Sam, Sammy and um, Kim because they're the corners, but I noticed that Tasha had been playing great all day, but I think the reason um, she clutched the MVP um, spot was just in the um, losers bracket when KO was playing Precision. KO was up the first game, and there were four KO members in versus just Tasha, and she um, just one by one picked them off to cause a game three. And then um, game three, Precision came back and won again, and so they went into the championship game versus. Um, anarchy, but I think that's what really stood out in people's minds. Um, pretty much every team I talked to, when I asked them who they thought the MVP of the tournament was, they all immediately said Tasha. Gotcha. Yeah, they'll do it. I mean, you leave a, enough of an impression on everybody and they start saying your name. It's it's kind of one of those things like it becomes a given. Um, I'm also looking at the other names on, on here for the all-tournament team. Ashley Cook, no surprise there. Um, can you comment on your teammate Emily a little bit on why she might have made the, the all-tournament team? Yeah, Emily's a really strong corner. Um, she has a really, really sick pump fake. There are some people who I feel like you you know when they're not going to throw, but with them you're n- really never quite sure. Um, she's a super sick dodger. She's super hard to hit, um, and she pulls off some catches when you need them. So to see her on there is no surprise. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised either. I mean, she's she practices all the time with us, and she's, like, at practice playing corner against Mikey, things like that. So, 
and she's competing all day. And like uh, Amanda said, you never know when she's going to pump fake or when she's throwing. She counters really well, so just a, a really strong player overall. Yeah, that, that's funny because you can you can definitely tell when somebody's just pump faking, and you're like, yeah, whatever, I'm not going to pay attention to you. But it's it's really disarming when they actually throw. Like, oh, oh crap, I wasn't expecting that. It's a good uh, good trait to have. And um, Kate Karens. Yeah, Kate. Um, so we tried something new at round two where we put Kate in the middle. She wanted to, she had played at a tournament in LA and played next to Emily in the corner and like that. So we tried that at round two, but she had done such a nice job against um, Ashley in round one, being across from her that we put her back in the corner to give it another shot. Um, and she played well. Um, I think she threw a few more catches than she would have liked. Ashley's really good at baiting people into throwing at her and she's a really great catcher um so i mean we talked through it and it didn't really happen again much after round robin but um i think emily really dominated in the corner position for ko at round three that's it's pretty cool to see um because there's another anarchy member um michelle radlin i think we kind of talked about her last Last recap, mm-hmm. and then Ashley Guevara, Guevara, probably just totally butchered her name. Even though I like, I, I mean, she played in Arizona, so I should know better. But um, I'm not surprised to see those as, as alternates. Um, does anything happen with these alternate teams, or is it just kind of like an honorable mention? I'm not sure. I mean, I know that we're going to pick the like East all tournament team or whatever for nationals. And it's the same, you know, like nine or ten names that keep popping up on it. Right. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think obviously only I think they only take the top six, um, but I think it'll at least help narrow it down to get the top six when you see the same names consistently on these lists. Very cool. Does Tyler actually have any pull in those, or is that being decided by captains again? I would assume by captains, but I mean, this is a good reference point because I don't recall what happened, you know, three months ago in March at round one. That's funny because um, in interviewing some people, they, they don't even recall what happened like last weekend. Like they're like, oh, it was just such a blur. You know, I just had bloodlust and forgot everything. And next thing you know, we won. Um, but it's good that some of the stuff is being documented finally. We can kind of uh, use that to kind of attribute to the what's going to happen for, for nationals. Um, actually, before we go into to no sting, um, I did have one quick question. So these standings, um, do they, almost like a jerk, but do they mean anything for these other divisions for women's? Yeah. Um, so the women, the top team, Anarchy, will get the rings at nationals this year. Oh, nice. um, and from what I understand, um, the top four from the east and the top four from the west will get, you know, one of the top eight seeds at nationals. Um I don't know how it's going to work because the North is attempting to hold their first um, women's division, I think, at round three, which is coming up pretty soon. But it's going to be a 4v4, so I'm not really sure how that will play into it. But from what I understand, the the seeding that comes out of this will affect seeding at Nationals just like it does for Open. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's always – I think that's that's been a staple, but it was the rings that's like a new – a new thing, at least for further divisions. So that's awesome. Um, 
Very cool. Uh, so let's go ahead and actually get into uh, no sting and my fault there for, for not specifying, but good catch, Frankie. Um, let's go ahead and start. Actually, Frankie, you can go ahead and begin. Um, moving into no sting now, what was one of the major differences that you noticed overall? Yeah, so the most obvious difference is that Brick Squad won no sting. So Anarchy, Brick Squad, and Awesome have kind of went back and forth for the top three spots in no sting every single tournament. And I'm pretty sure each team won one of them. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, there are teams like goat who normally doesn't do as well with no sting that I think placed maybe like seventh. So I know they were super happy with that. Um, aftershock who normally does pretty well in no sting got, I think they came in fourth. So that's two top four finishes for them in one day. So sure they're really pumped um and then i know this one was fun because round robin i think awesome was probably the most dominant but then when it came to bracket play it completely flipped and both anarchy and brick squad beat awesome pretty soundly if i recall hmm. looking at their bracket right now um looks like they they kind of had a pretty good start in the bracket play and then as you said, uh, Brick Squad took him out. And where'd they go afterwards? Yeah, Anarchy finished them. I know they beat Anarchy to put them in the loser's brackets. And then I think coming for third place, Anarchy knocked out awesome. I'm sure Zaps can comment on that. To me, it just looked like another Mikey show. Kid was just on fire that day. Jeez. Do you have any, uh, do you have any comments on that, um, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I would say Mikey and Katarina was actually throwing really well during no sting too. Um, just kind of more riding the hot hands during during no sting, but yeah, they did beat us in the um, winners bracket and then kind of worked our way up. Uh, and then the finals, Brick Squad was playing really well. We actually uh, pretty much had him had him dead to rights, and then Sean hit. Uh, a ball that bounced off uh, Billy and then landed right on top of Mikey. So hit both of them in one play and kind of swung that game around for him. Gotcha. Um, just laughing because I, I hate when that happens. Yeah, it was, it was not ideal. No, it never is. Um, oh, there you are. I found you in the bracket. Okay. And then how did your team do, Frankie? We did well. Um, Night Shift has been kind of like a bubble team, not quite, not quite cracking top four, but I think we came in fifth. Um, we had a hard loss against DIY, which is a team led by some of the Space Cadet guys like Adam DeMeyer and then Ed Aponte. Um, and then we, we had a good run in the loser's bracket. I think we knocked out two or three teams. Emily Hotz, who we discussed earlier, and TJ were both playing really great. Sam Jones playing pretty well too, but um, we ran up against Anarchy and yeah, wasn't close. Just like, <laughs> so we came in fifth, which pretty good. Would have liked to come in at least fourth. Gotcha. It looks like um, once Anarchy got down to the losers bracket, they just dominated everybody on the way up. Um, so Andrew, when you guys are playing no sting and rubber, is there like a much of a difference or a transition for you guys? Or are you kind of consistent regardless of the ball type? Um, I, I mean, the biggest difference is that we have all six of our guys for co-ed as well. So 
I, I mean, once we get into bracket play and we have a, a hot lineup, we're just trying to ride the hot hands at that point. So, uh, I mean, like round two, I didn't play as much of bracket play as, as I would have liked to, but we had a hot lineup in there and they were playing great. So we, we just kept them in. And then this time around, you know, I, I was in there almost every game and uh, the other three guys that were in there, Katarina was playing great this time. Um, and Billy and Mikey obviously always playing pretty well. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty similar play. I mean, um, for the most part, we're, we're always trying to play the same style. Uh, it's just a matter of trying to figure out who's actually going to play each game for co-ed. Right, because you said you had six guys. So yeah, we take uh, all six from our open team for co-ed. Hmm. So you're rotating two out each. And th that doesn't throw you guys off, um, like, synergy-wise, or was it just something you guys uh, kind of work out as you go? Yeah, I mean, it can. It's just, like I said, like, once we get into the bracket play, we try to stick to, like, four or five and, you know, whoever's we're, we're all willing to for the most part recognize whoever's not playing well and then rotate people in and out gotcha yeah i've been there a few times with uh some of my traveling co-ed teams back in the back in the past we've had six people and i know that it's like while wow, we're swapping out like half our team this is kind of kind of rough but um it's kind of cool to have an extra two people to choose from though like if you're playing the hot ones or the hot hand as you say you can uh, you can definitely play people that are that are on and, and let people that are cold kind of just sit back and and coast. Um, yeah, definitely nice option to have. Yeah, definitely. And and so you guys placed uh, first overall for for no sting. Um, Am I reading this correctly? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't quite look through those standings, um, but yeah, I think we we came in first, second, and then second. So, um, but like Frankie said, it was uh you know it's pretty even for coed this year. Um, where you know we won around awesome one around brick squad one around yeah and i'm wondering if that's what makes because uh, even just like open and women's there's there's like a one point difference between second and third um i think that's awesome oh even like aftershock and night shift precision like the, there's um there isn't too much of a gap um at least from fourth fourth downward um and Obviously, no sing doesn't get rings. Um, d will this uh, will this impact nationals at all? And Andrew or Frankie or Amanda, any of you guys can take that one. I'm just I'm just kind of curious on how that works. I, I don't think it impacts nationals. I think it's just kind of to give the East Coast a second division to play and make everyone happy. Gotcha. Um, I was looking. I think it's nice to figure out your team before getting to nationals and getting some playing time. Um, because the, the West coast, just like they do in open has some really dominant, um, co-ed teams. So to be able to kind of figure out what works, what doesn't and get some playing time together. Cause, um, you know, a lot of our teams, I don't think all live, you know, near each other and can practice together regularly. So to get some playing time, at least against some other good teams, it's nice to have that before nationals. Gotcha. So it's, yeah, I don't, I won't say like it's, it's not for, for nothing. I mean, there's, there's still the pride of, of seeing where you stack up. And then, like you said, the chance to, to get to know your squad before you take it to nationals. Cause that's just the next step. But, um, and, th and this is kind of why I get thrown off a little bit when I do these recaps, because I'm so used to West coast, um, with rubber and I don't really know how no sting fits in, but that's just more of like a, like a personal bias of, of mine. Cause like even, 
for us, you know, co-ed uh, rubber, it doesn't count, but it's still, we're still going to take that same squad to nationals with that intent to, to hopefully win. So kind of cool to see that that's happening on the East as well. Um, reading Tyler's article, and I don't know if you've already covered this a little bit, Frankie, but um, looks like your team did get the, the shout out for the spotlight team. Was there anything that you guys did differently from this round versus last round, or did you guys just finally kind of come together to get that mention? I think we um, we were pretty consistent across all three, but this round we did really good at uh, closing out games. I can remember a game where it was Hots and I against a full team, and it was in loser's bracket game three, closed it out. Um, there was a game where Kate and Sam against four or five, loser's bracket, close it out. I know Hots had like a, I think on Jeff Giovinco and Round Robin, she got like a catch to finish a game. I think we just um, really, we were all playing at our best when we needed to. And then um, I, I, we almost, I'm not going to say unstoppable, but we felt really good. And then Anarchy just smoked us. <laughs> gotcha. It was just their, their day. Yeah, couldn't get Mikey out. And in no sting, it's a little more scary because in 8.5, he's got to really spot the ball just just in case someone catches it. But in no sting, he just flings it and destroys people. Yeah. I got to stop talking about Mikey. Let's talk about other people. Let's <laughs> like, talk about Brick Squad. They won. Zap, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, guess I mean, uh, aside Brick from Mikey. Just had, a, had a few pretty clutch plays, and they were all playing solid. I mean... Jeff's very good at no sting, um, and so as Sean, his throws much stronger in no sting than eight point five. And same with most of their team; they're pretty good on the the tramps too. So, but yeah, they played great. Yeah, looking at the uh, the all star team, I think a fun person to call out would be Wyatt on aftershock. We haven't really given aftershock a lot of love individually, but um, he's got a monster arm, and I know a lot of teams when they game plan against aftershock it's kind of get wide out and then just try to outplay the rest because if you leave him in he's they're gonna have a really strong arm through the middle gotcha and, and so let's look at who um who made the the men's all tournament team so you got you got mikey of course um the is this i think this is drew right I'm looking at the yes kind of tell them apart um who's who's this from goat Dre. Actually, you want to go ahead and just list them off because I'm, I'm going to fail at this point. Yeah, sure. It's the all-tournament team that the Tribune article selected was Mike McGee, Drew and Matt Giovinco, Dre from Goat, uh, Sean from Brick Squad, and then Wyatt from Aftershock. Nice. And I noticed that this is a no sting. So was there an all-tournament team for a rubber, or is it just is no sting kind of like the dominant ball that you guys use? Uh, uh, no. That was just overall between the two, the guys. Yeah. That oh, gotcha. So ball didn't really have oh, much of true. a factor. Yeah, it's the same thing for women's. Gotcha. I think Tyler's just always kind of looking for who had the best day overall, women's and co-ed. Oh, okay, cool. Just because they're all holding no sting balls, so I was like, uh, <laughs> why is this? But um, very cool. Yeah, the only the only person I don't recognize name wise, um. The only two was, was Andre Martin and Wyatt, as you said. But um, the name, the team names, obviously have been coming up a lot. So, yeah, I yeah. think I think Dre. I remember Dre from a couple of years ago playing against him in the East, 
I think he might have taken a year or maybe more off and just came back again. Um, but Frankie might have more knowledge about that than I do. Yeah, he used to play on Power Lords. It was him and Justin Bosch and some of the brothers, the Huthenzels. And then um, he made Goat with some other New York guys, Lewis and Spencer and Sharmis and some others that were originally on Goat, but they have Dan now as well. Um, and he's just, he's a huge arm. He's got a really scary throw. It's straight, so you can get to it, but it's so hard. Like, if you catch him, it hurts. It's almost not worth it. I know those those uh, those throws like it's just like a solid beam of energy that just sticks you like ow oh, my my soul hurts. Caught That's a perfect it. way to describe it. I'll make sure he listens to that. Yep. <laughs> um, they did mention Spencer and Alfred, so they also made like I guess like the alternates were uh, was T.J. Manning, Spencer, and and Alfred. Um, kind of based on what we covered with them, not too surprised to see them make it on there. Um, I will say though, um, and I hope we don't stir the pot here. I was kind of surprised not seeing uh, Billy on here. Does he does he mesh well with with the East, um, Andrew? Like, is he? Because like I've known Billy on West Coast teams most of his career. So is it is it pretty easy playing with him? Or does he does he sync well with you guys, or how does that work out? Yeah, I mean he we we all play really well together with him. So uh, I mean in terms of our team, yeah, he plays great with us and. You know, we, we've learned how to play with him, and he knows how to play with all of us. But, uh, I mean, in terms of, like, vibing with the East, I don't know if he's necessarily the most popular person. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I think the expectations for him are pretty high, and I don't yeah. know that he's stood out a lot this year. So I think that's why he's not getting mentioned. I think Brandon was probably the standout for Anarchy the first two rounds, and then Mikey this round. Billy's obviously amazing at dodgeball. I just, I think the expectations are a little high, so that that shoots him in the foot. But I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Billy played pretty well. Billy <laughs> played pretty well this tournament um, overall. But you know, like I said, we we're happy to have him. We love playing with him. So it's a good addition or, or a good asset. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So uh, before we transition to uh, to showdown, was there anything else that you guys? Um, this can go to any one of you. Um, that took place for for no stands you wanted to mention yeah we had uh it was kind of like a funny moment but uh we were playing against awesome and mikey threw a no sting ball one of the, the hardest i've ever seen him throw and christine uh was was kind of just watching in the background and somehow managed to catch mikey with like one hand while holding her camera and it was like the the most casual thing i've ever seen but it was it was pretty hilarious yeah, I was uh, on the sidelines at that point. And just a little background, Christine is my fiance who okay. loves to watch dodgeball and support our team, but absolutely hates playing. She broke a bone in her hand getting hit by one ball last round. So there's the background in that. She's just kind of filming and Mikey's ball flies in and sticks behind the camera. And you just hear her on the video go like, ooh. And then everyone in the gym, like game stops, just loses it. The video's online. It's pretty funny. I gotta check that out. So just ooh, like one hand, no big deal. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so casual, like Zap said. It was really funny. <laughs> so basically, um, is she gonna be playing uh, next year after some conditioning and 
Amanda, you're saying no? <laughs> no, she um she tries to like dress really nice so no one asks her to play. Like, cause on the east a lot of times we'll have a woman drop for co-ed and a team needs another girl. So she'll come to elite wearing like heels and like things like that so that no one will ask her to play. There's no possible way they can drag her out there last minute. No. I won't let her know that you said she might play, that might make her upset. <laughs> gotcha. Um yeah, I can't wait to check that out. Um, you really played up the whoo part, so I can't wait to see that too. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, look at this. I just caught a 90-mile-per-hour fastball with my with one hand. No big deal. And saved the camera. Um, looking forward to that one. Um, so real quick, um, did want to talk about um, Showdown. Did um, I know I asked this already, so I apologize for being redundant, but Frankie, you didn't play, right? Or are you? Were you still in it? Oh, I did not do showdown, but we have a uh, showdown expert on the panel this time. So right, and this is honestly the whole reason why I wanted you on here, Andrew. I wanted you to talk about that one thing that I think we all saw. But um, oh, here we go. I just pulled up the uh, the bracket from last division or last last round. Um, yeah. So Andrew, you want you want to go ahead and kind of just walk us through. Um, how should I went for you? Like, I guess you're the only one here. So you had uh, Tyrell trail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he plays for Mount Olympus, but, uh, gave me a pretty tough match actually. Uh, he's a pretty young athletic guy. So, uh, it's good to see some new people in showdown, but, um, that was a challenge. And then, uh, we, I beat him three, two Mikey, I think one three Oh against uh, another Mount Olympus guy. And, uh, then <laughs> we met, uh, in the finals. So, Coming into that, I basically my in my head my only real shot to beat him was if I could catch him at least once or twice, and if he stepped over the line at least once or twice on top of that, which he did. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess getting to to what you're probably hinting at is uh, I he stepped over the line probably I think when he was up one zero or two zero or something, and. Uh, he absolutely smoked me in the leg when he did it. The video is pretty funny. He, like stopped before he threw and said, sorry, Zaps, and then just unloaded one on me. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, it turned out he stepped over the line. Then the, I think the next one I caught him, so it evened up. And then the last one he actually stepped over the line, so I, I technically had beaten him. But uh, just didn't really want to win that way, uh, especially for something like Showdown. Right. Uh, just didn't feel like I, I would have earned it at that point. So I uh, kind of made him reset and then we played it out again and uh, more so just wanted to catch him again, but that, that didn't work out in my favor. So, yeah, I, so I had to watch it a few times um, cause I was just trying to figure out what exactly happened. Um, and it took me a while to realize that my kid stepped over. And then as soon as I realized what was going on, I was like, Oh wow, that's really freaking cool of, of, of Andrew. And I, I've never met you personally, so I didn't really know what to, to base your your style off of. But um, without getting all bro or whatever, like my respect for you just shot up like through the roof because that's that's really cool to you want to win. You know, the, I don't want to say like the right way because you technically did, but you want to fight for it, right? You don't want to win on a technicality or something like that's not as uh, climatic as, as stepping over the line. Um, do you regret that at all, or are you pretty happy with the fact that you uh, you took that call back? No, I don't, there's no no regrets at all on that. I mean, I I just I 
I don't I don't want to win from someone stepping over the line in showdown. I mean, if if Frankie walks out the back line during open, then he's out. See you later. Right. But uh, for for that showdown, it just didn't feel right to win on that kind of note. So I'll take one where he stepped over the line, but not when it was tied two two. I definitely wanted to to earn it a little bit more than that. So, but uh, I, I think he'll do great at nationals this year. Where talking about possibly you know installing some of those uh lines for like the invisible lines for dogs and putting like a shock collar on mikey or something <laughs> so maybe that would help him i don't know yeah i think you might regret it a little if he steps over the line again at nationals i know nationals last year he stepped over the line two or three times in one series so we gotta get that cleaned up i want an east coast winner the man is like yeah. He did tell me he would pay me 20 bucks every line he steps over at national. So it's a win-win for me. <laughs> Man, you're just like shaking your head. all like. Yeah, Mikey's like my little brother. So I love watching him play dodgeball. But it's so frustrating to see him continuously do the same stupid over and over again. Because as they said, he did it at nationals. And we were even talking to him beforehand. And we're like, don't step over the line. It's right here. But yet again, he did it. There, I mean, they purposely had someone watching the line because they knew he was going to do it. Sabotage. It's rigged. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that's good. That might be good to know for teams um, looking to face off against him. Just like, hey. He you know, doesn't his... do it in games. He oh, no. only does it in showdown. Huh. That's funny. I wonder if he just like sees red or just goes into Mikey mode, or whatever he taps into, and he just doesn't recognize boundaries. Or <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, the, the lines. In in fairness to him, the lines were like this neon orange type color that like kind of blended in with the surface a little bit. But I I still shouldn't have stepped over twice. So. <laughs> oh man. Well, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, watch it all play out in, in real life um, instead of watching on Facebook. So I can, I'll be watching that line when he's when he's playing. Um, well, very cool. Well, let's uh, before we wrap up, I, I did receive a question from from Von Kelly, and I think it was a pretty good one. And I do want to ask uh, each of you this one specifically, and we can start with uh, with you, Frankie, and that is. Um, Wrapping up the regional competitions, how do you feel about your team uh, heading into nationals? All right, so I think this is the first really disappointing year for Team Awesome. Um, we've either come in first or second every year. We've attended all three rounds, so I think we were expecting that again going into this year. This really stung. I think looking towards nationals, we're looking to clean up some of the issues we've had. Um, I think we've been pretty easy to hit. You know, when, when competitive dodgeball players talk about dodgeball, it's all about throwing and catching. But um, I think we need to get back to that dodge principle and just make sure we're not getting out too easily so we can try to keep ourselves on the court. And um, even having a bad year, it's nice that we still came in the top four so that if we perform well enough at nationals, we'll get a pretty high seed and... I think we're aiming just like always to try to win at nationals. You know, we came in third two years ago, fifth last year, so don't count us out, but um, we're definitely disappointed with this season. Gotcha. And you guys, I mean, you have two whole months to kind of practice and 
<laughs> get some, I guess, like tune-up tournaments out there and kind of figure yourselves out before uh, before nationals come up. So I, I realize um, it feels like the the season kind of ended short with that two-month gap. But um, yeah, hope you guys you know pull through and and take the time to figure out what you guys need to. And you get, again, fourth overall, not not bad. I mean, whoops, just in my microphone. Um, that's still not a bad bad finish though. Um, Amanda, you're kind of like shaking your head a little bit when Frank was talking. Yeah. Um, thoughts? I'm not really sure what nationals will look like for us. Our team is going to look drastically different than it did last year. Um, we had a, what I thought was one of the best East coast teams going into nationals. Um, we did pretty well against the West coast teams in round Robin. We just didn't play well, um, in the bracket play. Um, but then this year, obviously, we had some changes when I hurt my knee and then Megan hurt herself and then, you know, enlisted. Um, and now with Jenny out, there's just a lot up in the air right now. Um, we got to kind of sit down and figure out what the team is going to look like for nationals. Because while it is two months away and there is a possibility that Jenny could be back for it, it's always hard coming back after an injury. You don't play the same way the first time you step on the court. It takes you some time to get used to it again, to feel comfortable again. Um, so I think we just got to figure out as a team what our, what our team's going to look like and what the plan's going to be. Gotcha. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think you, you hit it on the head there. It's uh, recovering from an injury. It doesn't mean you're, you're back to the way you used to be prior to the injury. You still have your own like kind of learning curve to, to go through before you get that confidence back. And... Um, how about you, uh, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, um, as a team, we're feeling really good, the, the best we've felt all season. I mean, we're, we're playing together more as a team now at this point and, and starting to feel a lot more comfortable. It is our first year with all of us together, so uh, we knew that there was going to be some adjustment period, but uh, we're really happy with where it's at, and we're, we're all working hard to continue getting better. Uh, the team's definitely hungry, and we definitely want more, so... We're excited for uh, the opportunity. We're going to be playing at West Coast round three. So we're looking forward to that challenge and, and uh, trying to step up to the plate there and then uh, hopefully again at Nationals. Oh, crazy. So you'll be in San Diego in a couple of weeks? Yep. Yeah, the whole team's going to be out there. Ooh, that's going to be interesting to see happen. Very cool. Um, and that was actually, I, I did have a quick following question. Was, was there any other events um, that you guys have between now and, and finals? And that can go to yeah, I can go first. Um, I don't think Team Awesome as a whole will be playing at anything between now and finals, but um, as far as a lot of players from the East Coast and everywhere else, there's just the combine last weekend for the USA dodgeball team. Um, there's a Stonewall tournament coming up in New Orleans that I know a bunch of no sting players from the East Coast are going to. Um, I think, and then of course UDC is coming up, and a lot of East Coast teams play there. And then, like Zap says, Anarchy's heading out to the West to do an elite round. Gotcha. Yeah, Kate, Karens, and I had been throwing around the idea of hosting um, a, a co-ed tournament sometime between June and August, knowing that teams would get, you know, a two-month break, and it might be nice to have a tune-up between in that two months. But it's so hard to find time because, like Frankie just listed, there's so many major events coming up. You, it can't fall in any round that any of the you know round threes are happening in. 
you don't want it too close to nationals. You don't want it too close to UDC. Um, and we just realized pretty quickly that there's just really no good time to do it. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just because elite round three is over. It doesn't mean, um, competitive dodgeball just in general is done for you guys. There's still a lot to, to work with and, and choose from. Very cool. Well, that's all I've got. Um, Vaughn, thank you so much for submitting that question. Um, again, last minute, I think that's a good one to kind of just send off all the, uh, all the players that we talked to for, uh, the oncoming rounds. But, um, Amanda, Frankie, um, Andrew, thank you guys so much for, for hopping on again. Um, it was really cool having like a consistent panel, um, and being able to change it up a little bit with, uh, with Justin and then now Andrew. So I appreciate you guys coming out and, um, spending some time out of even to talk dodgeball with me. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That was a quick recap of the Elite East Round 3 tournament that took place June 9th. And huge thank you to Frankie Giannetto, Amanda Ashley, and Andrew Zapps for hopping on and helping recap the events. Sorry, Andrew, I'm not going to butcher your name this time. But um, all in all, I'm very happy to be back podcasting again. Um, definitely have some cobwebs to, uh, to shake off, but um, really excited to be covering um, the next events that, that come my way. Um, dodgeball is just uh it's just awesome and i like talking about it so anyway that all being said hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and uh have a great uh rest of your friday a great weekend and we'll see you next time need to shake off the cobwebs. <sighs> okay.